We have got a World Juniors mailbag for you today. Is Macklin Celebrini going to be the MVP for Team Canada? And a lot more coming up on today's episode of Locked On NHL Prospects. You are Locked On NHL Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to Locked On NHL Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. On this podcast, we break down everything prospects related for you five days a week, Monday to Friday. I'm Hattie Kalakesh, joined by Sebastian High, and on today's show, we'll be breaking down some mailbag questions for, that are themed around the World Junior Championship that's coming up at the end of this month. Uh, we talked about it on last episode, but we got two Christmases uh, when we guys only have one. So yeah, World Juniors are coming up, an exciting time. We'll start off with some early tournament MVP predictions for each each team, all of the 10 teams, was a surprise. By the way, one team got dropped, one team got called up. We'll talk about that as well. And uh, we'll get into some more Can- Team Canada-related questions, including if there's any undrafted players that are going to be making the roster. Um, you know, players like Oliver Bonk, Braden Yeager, Owen Pickering, where they stand in the pecking order. Um, and then we'll end things off with a bit of Slovakia talk and a bit of Team USA talk as well. So make sure to tune in all the way till the end. Um, before we get into that, today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to like and subscribe. Leave us a comment letting us know what you want us to talk about next. And if you're listening on your favorite podcasting platform, make sure to make us your first listen of the day. So, Sebastian, let's get it started right away here with um, our early tournament MVPs. We've got a lot to go through, 10 teams, um, including a change in the pecking order for uh, the Division One of the World Junior Championship. Uh, Austria, which is David Reinbacher and Vincent Roris, team got dropped down to division two of the world juniors and norway got called up uh but before i get into that let's start with team canada first and foremost do you think that macklin celebrini has a shot at being the mvp of this tournament like realistically what's his odds there he's been the best player in the ncaa so far so they're not zero um (laughs) (laughs) he's gonna have a lot of competition i mean this is a pretty strong canadian team we're not going to see any like seventh round draft picks or undrafted players in this lineup is going to be all very highly ranked players. Celebrini's likely the only draft eligible that's going to crack the, the lineup in my estimation, mm-hmm. at least yeah. uh, you might see a guy like Sam Dickinson force his way in, but even that doesn't seem overly likely. Uh, so yeah, I think his, his shots decent, but I mean like Shane Wright is possibly going to be on that team. And if he is, I think he's likely to be the favorite, but uh, if if not, I think it's it's celebrating for the taking. Oh, 100%. I mean, you know, th- there are other options. I just think, you know, with with the options that are there right now, and especially with Shane Wright being a question mark so far, especially if Shane Wright doesn't make, you know, doesn't make his way over to, to the world juniors. Celebrini has a very, very decent shot of being their first line center. And if he's their first line center, he's playing with some elite talent. And if he's playing with some elite talent, we know what Celebrini can do with that. So it's going to be a very exciting um, kind of lead up into that as we figure out what the roster is going to look like. But early on, I'd say Celebrini's in there in, in that conversation for sure. Um, I'd like to throw two defensemen in there as well. We've got Denton Matejchuk, who I think right now 
especially if the second defenseman doesn't make his way over to the World Juniors and stays in the NHL where he is right now, Matejchuk has a very decent shot of being that guy on on that defensive core and could be their power play quarterback, which is where he's most comfortable. I mean, we're talking about a player who is extremely comfortable on the puck, who loves to connect plays, is really active, really aggressive, and very daring offensively. And I think that gels well with the type of hockey that this forward core is going to be playing. And on top of that, you've got some really good defensive players on that Canada forward core who could um, offset some of the uh, defensive deficiencies of Matejchuk and allow him to kind of just, you kind of unleash him. You, you take the chain off him and you just let him go. And I think that's a great plan for him. But the other defenseman, I think, if he makes his way over, has a really decent shot. It's it's Kevin Korchinski, um, who's currently playing with the Chicago Blackhawks. But I don't think Chicago really needs him. And, you know, if... They're clearly not going to release Connor Bedard, but if they're going to release a player, I think Kevin Cortese would be a great idea in terms of giving him one last shot at that kind of that international roster where he can just kind of man that team and be the the leader on the defensive side of that team. I think that would be a great idea, right? For sure. Yeah, yeah, 100%. <laughs> Let's move on to USA then. Um, a very stacked roster, an exciting roster. Uh, we oh, can't yeah. go into this conversation without talking about Lane Hudson. Uh, Lane Hudson has only improved his game since last year's World Juniors. And in last year's World Juniors, he was tearing it up as well and playing really good offensive hockey. Um, right now, he's projected as our first pair defenseman, probably along Ryan Chesley, who is a great compliment to him. Chesley's a lot more defensive orientated. He's a lot simpler in his game. Um, you will never see Ryan Chesley dangle a player. It's just not his game, but he compliments Hudson so well. And the two shared pretty much the whole year together in the draft here in the NTDP playing on the same D pair. So I think it's realistic to see them play together. And especially with the offensive core that the USA has, I would not be surprised to see Hudson in that conversation, but I mean, their first line entirely is so exciting as well. We're talking about Carter Gauthier, Will Smith, and Jimmy Snuggerud. That's going to be an exciting first line. It's, it's what's projected to be the first line, but you know things can change. Um, but one player I I think will be very fun to watch, um, and he's a 2025. Uh, he's only he's only eligible for next year. Talk me through James Hagen's game and why he's on this kind of short list of players we could consider in that conversation. Uh, he is one of the best, like, D-1s I've watched in a long time. Uh, yeah. He's one of the best D-2s I've watched in a long time. Um, this is a player who is already the best player on the that, that NTDP UA team roster, and he's not even yeah. eligible in this draft class. And uh, if we're if we're talking about, about players that at the U.S. might bring, I would personally be bringing Hagens over a guy like Cole Eiserman. And uh, he's extremely yeah. versatile. He plays down the middle. Uh, you can put him on any line, and he's going to create advantages. So it, it's definitely possible he gets brought as like kind of a fourth liner to get the experience before getting a bigger role next year. But he's certainly good enough to be fed a top six role already. And I think if he does, he could really run with it. But as you 100%. said, there there are so many offensive talents on that team, like Will Smith and uh, like Cutter Gauthier. You're going to see Ryan Leonard play some pretty good hockey as well. So lots of candidates with that American team. Oh, for sure. Um, 
you know, there's also Trey Augustine who we can shove in there. Um, him and Jacob Fowler are going to fight it out for that top spot, and I think that's going to be exciting. Uh, Finland, though, Finland has some decent options. Brad Lambert could be in there. I think he's the most likely candidate. Yeah. Um, Joachim Kamel as well is in that conversation. I really want to talk about Konsta Hellenius as an option. I think he'd be a really good option in that top six if he's given that role. Um, and we'll shove a goalie in there as well, Tobias Leinen. One goalie's bound to get the MVP for their team. Uh, Finland's yeah. a decent shout, I think, in that sense. Um, on Sweden, you have one line, which is this has it's, has been the same line forever, basically. Liam Ogren, Jonathan Lekarimaki, and Noah Ostlund, all three of which have been playing really good hockey. Ogren's a Minnesota prospect, Lekarimaki is a Vancouver prospect, and Ostlund is a Buffalo prospect. And as a defenseman, I think Axel Sandin Pelika is probably going to stand out in that kind of group. Um, for Czechia... I mean, Yuri Kulik is the obvious one. I think he's yeah. going to be by far and away their best player. Um, honorable mentions to a couple defensemen, Adam Yerichek, um, David Spacek, Thomas Shamara. David Yerichek, if he makes it, I think will be in that conversation, but I, I don't think oh, he easy. will. He's playing yeah. He's playing some decent minutes in, in uh, Columbus right now. And Michael Robal as a goaltender is a decent shout. Um, for Slovakia, though, I mean, Philip Mashar, right? I mean, <laughs> I don't really see much outside of that that could make sense. I think you have some good candidates there, actually. Like, I think that Adam Shakura is going to make a decent bet for that. He's at half point a game in the AHL already this season. And yeah. on top of that, you've got Adam Gayan, who uh, was probably Slovakia's best player last year, uh, all things considered. And uh, he yeah. could be the same thing again this year. I, I can't say I'm, I'm as sold on him as a prospect compared to guys like Philip Meshar, but the World Junior Championships have historically been a tournament that is dominated by goaltenders where goaltenders yeah. can carry a team really far. And Guyane did that last year. So uh, I don't really want to bet against him this year either. Oh, for sure. Um, then for Norway, the new team in this uh, in this group, uh, Michael Branzak Nugard for me is just... Oh, yeah. I, I, I don't see anyone else. Maybe his teammate, um, uh, Vesterheim, Petter could Vesterheim. be in this conversation. Yeah, I mean, those two can be in the conversation, but I think Branzak Nugard is really going to show what he's about at this tournament, and I think it's going to be really exciting. And what a year for Norway to, to join this group, right? I mean, Beautiful. with a top prospect in the ranks, I, I think this will be really exciting. For Switzerland, it's Leon Bixell. Uh, I don't see anyone else in this roster yeah. that can compete. <laughs> and this is his last year of eligibility. He's going to be one of the he'll be good. players. He's going to be very, very good. And finally, for Latvia, I'm putting down Sandis Vilmanis as uh, the standout, unless another one of their goaltenders just comes out of nowhere and takes this tournament by storm. Uh, we'll see about that. But for me, Sandis Vilmanis has been playing some really decent hockey um, and uh, should be a, a kind of staple of this lineup. But that wraps things up for our first segment about some early tournament MVPs for each team. Thank you for to Taylor Findlay for the question on Twitter. Uh, we're going to move on to some more questions, this time more related to Team Canada, including are there any undrafted players that can make the roster? What are Oliver Bonk's chances? Braden Yeager, Owen Pickering. We'll get into all that after these messages from our sponsors over at Indeed. When you're drafting your fantasy team, do you ever wish you could do the same thing with your business team? If you're building a roster to win the league, you need Indeed. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. A very simple process that doesn't make you spend hours on many job sites looking for the right candidates with the right skills. You can do it all through Indeed really easily. Uh, they've got a lot of tools to help you find your top talent. 
uh, whether that's instant match or assessments or virtual interviews. Instant match especially is really useful. Um, what you do is you invite your candidates through instant match to apply, and they're three times more likely to apply to your job than candidates that only see your your um, your application through search, according to US Indeed data. Um, so you're basically reaching out um, to the right people through um, through Indeed's algorithm in order to find the right people for your uh, for your business. So Indeed knows that when you're growing your own business, you have to make every dollar count. That's why with Indeed, you only pay for quality applications that match your must-have job requirements. Indeed knows that finding people with the right skills makes all the difference when you're hiring a team of one. Um, now, so so join Indeed.com slash locked on to start hiring now. That's Indeed.com slash locked on. Check it out. Alrighty, so moving on to our second segment, we'll talk about some Team Canada-related questions. We kind of put these all uh, in the same group. Uh, I'll start off with this question for uh, from one of our listeners over on uh, Twitter. HabsFan asks, which undrafted players do you have your eye on to crack the Canadian roster? I think we could none? spend like five seconds on this, and it's yeah. none. There are way too many very, very good prospects, um, including in goal. Usually sometimes, I mean, we saw it with Thomas Millich last year. Sometimes he'll have one undrafted goalie that will kind of sneak his way in there. But even Millich got drafted, and he's ineligible now. So, like, there, I, I don't see anyone that can kind of get in this conversation. They've got Bjarnason in goal. They've got, you know, a couple other options in goal that can, you know, just kind of throw that option out the window. So yeah, I don't I don't see anyone there. Um, moving on to the next question, one of our listeners asked: Does Oliver Bonk has a chance this year for Team Canada? Maybe Denver Barkey instead. Um, let's get into that. I mean, Oliver Bonk, first round pick, could. maybe he could. Yeah, but like yeah. if you look at kind of the projected roster and what it looks like for Canada, do you see anyone who you'd have below him in kind of the 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 projections we've seen so far? Less players that I have below him, more just players that might not be released. Like players yeah. like Tristan Luneau and Kevin Korchinski may not be released uh, for, mm -hmm. for Team Canada duty. Um, yeah. But even then, you have a ton of defensemen that are going to be contending for those spots. But yeah. I think Oliver Bonk, uh, as with that first-round pedigree, has a shot. But I think if you're bringing a D-plus one, like Tanner Melendic makes sense. But Bonk is kind of like the classic third-pairing Team Canada defenseman. So I wouldn't be surprised at all if he makes it. As for Denver yeah. Barkey, I think the chances are a bit slimmer there. Like we're already going to see guys like uh, Fraser Minton and Owen Beck be like fourth liners if they crack the team. And Denver Barkey is a, a year younger and smaller and he's playing great hockey. And I, I think that he's deserving of a spot. But the forward lineup with Team Canada is even deeper than the defensive core is. And uh, there's only going to be so many spots up for grabs. Oh, for sure. I mean, there are just so many, so many p players who can make this cut, um, especially forward. I don't think Barkey's in this conversation at all. Um, but yeah, like you said, if a couple players don't get, um, you know, don't get released to Team Canada, we might see Oliver Bonk squeeze in there, but um, I'm not convinced yet. Um, moving on to the next question. This is from a Penguins fan. Uh, King Clarkey on Twitter asks, between Braden Yeager and Owen Pickering, do Penguins fans have a real reason to watch uh, Canada games? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Very I much. mean, yeah. I mean, Owen Pickering already is probably going to be like, you know, especially if Korchinski is not there, he's going to be a top pair defenseman. I, I don't think there's much question there. Um, and Braden Yaker has been playing some decent hockey recently. Um, you know, especially yeah. if it's, I think Jagger Fergus is his teammate, right? Yes. Um, Line mate. Yeah. 
if if Jagger Fergus makes this lineup, Brady Yeager is making this lineup. I think the two will be like glued to the hip. And I'm looking at some of the options they have in here. I could see Braden Yeager and and Jagger Fergus forming a third line with the likes of Colby Barlow or Matthew Wood. You know, that could be a decent combination of skills that I could find interesting. I think it's very well worth a shout for Penguins fans to tune in to, to the World Juniors and sure. give these guys a look because, like, it's rare that you get a look at these guys properly. And the World Juniors are such an important big stage that, like, this is a great chance to see what your prospect pipeline is about, especially Pickering. I wasn't really sold on him in his draft year, mainly because I think he grew like a foot in a year and a half. He <laughs> like yeah. he, he just, he just like had the most ridiculous growth spurt and ended up being like five, like six, five. Um, and yeah, he just, he always struck me as lanky and kind of awkward in his draft year. And I'm curious to see how that's developed and how that fares, especially against his age group. Um, so that'll be really interesting, I think. And yeah, Penguins fans should definitely, definitely tune in. Um, final question here that we have, and I think we can spend a bit more time on this. Um, what are the odds that Fraser Minton and um, and, and Easton Cowan make Team Canada? This is a good I, I yeah. Man, like, let's talk about some of the names that can be in this conversation. I mean, Jordan Dumais. Yeah, like yeah. Jordan Dumais is probably going to be in this like bottom six conversation. Um Owen Beck, like he got called up last year and did a fantastic job in that call up after Colton Doc's injury. Like that was a key moment in Team Canada's uh, in Team Canada's run. And I think that, you know, if he's if he's in the lineup, I mean, I would really, really like to see a, a, a fourth line of Easton Cowan, Owen Beck, and Fraser Minton. Wouldn't that be fantastic? Like just oh, just yeah. a very complimentary like like trio of players that can really work well off each other. What do you think about that? Oh, for sure. I, I think their chances are certainly improved by the fact that they're going to be very, very useful, versatile bottom of the lineup pieces. Yeah. And and they can both also fill up higher up in the lineup. Like Fraser Minton played some good NHL games this season. And yeah. uh, Easton Cowan made a pretty good case for himself in preseason as well to stick yeah. with the Leafs. And this is a, not a bad Leafs roster this season. So I, I think both are definitely going to get consideration and uh, at the very least, in my mind, they're going to be included as like 13th and 14th forwards. I think yeah. players that have already made cases for themselves to be NHLers are going to be pretty tough players to leave out of a World Junior Championships oh, roster. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm wondering also, other than celebrating, is there any Canadian player that you could see making the roster as a draft eligible? Like, you know, Sam Dickinson, Caden Lindstrom, you know, Zane Perak even maybe. Yeah. like. Even Perek, I don't think he's liked enough by people outside of like the public scouting sphere in order to yeah, make exactly. this roster. I think he I has agree. the talent for it, especially if he's playing well, as a kind of second power play quarterback. But easily, like, yeah. yeah. But the, the Dickinson and Lindstrom are the two that I think could quite conceivably crack, crack the roster. It's more just like if we're talking already about guys like Eason Cowan and Fraser Minton being like fourth liners on this World Junior team it's tougher for draft eligibles to to kind of make a case there. Like we saw Adam Fantilli demo to the fourth line last year, and he's yeah. not even going to be released for this roster this year. So it's always tough with draft eligibles. That said, Caden Lindstrom is almost scoring a goal a game while being a powerful one C with high end playmaking ability. If Canada wants to have a player that they can just plop into their top six, if an injury comes about, he's one I'd be bringing. And uh, Sam Dickinson is a such an intelligent and effective defender that he'd look like a 20 year old in this tournament. So oh, yeah. if they, if they bring him instead of like some of the other bottom pairing, older defensemen that are going to be uh, candidates here, especially if players like Korchinski and Luno are not released by their NHL teams, 
then I can definitely see Dickinson making case. But yeah. outside of that, I'm not quite sure. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I was going to say, like, I can't name you any defenseman in this core that I would take like as a defensive defenseman ahead of, of Dickinson, like even Maverick Lamoureux, who's been popping off offensively in the QMJHL. Like, yes, he's massive. Yes. He has good range. Yes. He's mobile, but he doesn't have the defensive brain that Sam Dickinson has. And I just like Sam Dickinson forced his way into a top four last year as a 16, 17 year old on a stacked London Knights, you know, defense core. I think it can do the same for team Canada. So I'd be really excited to see how this kind of fares out, but I really hope that Dickinson at least gets a call up to the, to the initial camp so that he get a, he gets a chance to kind of showcase what his abilities are and how effective and, and, you know, contributive he can be to this Canada roster. Cause I think it'd be a great ad. Um, but yeah, that wraps things up for a second se segment where we kind of explored a bit more of team Canada's specificities. Now we'll get into Slovakia and a bit of team USA talk in our third segment, right after these messages from our sponsors over at game time. This episode is sponsored by Game Time. Game Time is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase, especially when it comes to buying last-minute tickets. I have a schedule that really changes from day to day, so I can find myself with an afternoon out of nowhere that's free, and it's really fun to just be able to hop on Game Time, find a ticket to a to to an event the same day, even sometimes an hour after it starts, and being able to just cash it in right away head into the, the ticket toll, present my QR code, and just hop right in the game. Uh, whether that's hockey, um, you know, any other sport, whether it comes to, um, you know, theater, comedy, anything that needs tickets, GameTime has you covered. Um, they have a bunch of different ways to help you save money on tickets, including zone deals, which I find really interesting. Zone deals, basically, you pick this, the, the section and uh, GameTime picks the seat, and that gives you an average of about 18% savings uh, on your ticket. And the GameTime guarantee means that you'll always get the best price. Price. So if you find tickets in the same section and row for less than what GameTime has to offer, GameTime will credit you 110% of the difference. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply, but again, create an account, redeem code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Really simple. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. All right, so let's close things off here with a bit of talk about Team Slovakia and Team USA. We'll start off with a couple of questions that were asked from our listeners um, regarding uh, Slovakia to start with. Um, someone asks uh, here, not Patty Jr. on Twitter asks, who's the underdog team this year? I'd say Slovakia, but I think they're too good for underdog status. I think the underdogs are very clear in this year's um, kind of group. First and foremost, Norway, the new guys, always the underdog. I think that'll be straightforward and simple. And unless Michael Branzak Newgard pulls a worldie of a performance in this World Juniors, I, I don't think they're going far. Uh, <laughs> so that's a start. Yeah. Um, we can talk about Switzerland and Latvia as well as kind of in that conversation. Again, Latvia sometimes just come out of nowhere and give you just an absolute world-class performance. Whereas Switzerland has Leon Bixell, and that's it. I mean, you can talk about Leon Mugli as one of the draft eligibles that is going to be coming to this to this World Juniors, but I don't think he's going to be making much of a splash. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, do you have any other names? Maybe like Germany? Germany? Maybe Germany? I mean, Julian Lutz is playing some really good hockey this season. Yep. And uh, But that said, like while Germany did develop quite a few really solid players in like a what, three or four year span, that's yeah. kind of slowed down now. And we haven't really seen like, some any super impressive draft eligibles in the last two drafts and mm -hmm. this draft class isn't really stacked in german talent either 
Yeah. Uh, but you never know, right? Like it's, it, you always have an underdog that overperforms. Uh, yeah. I think like I, I might go with Germany on that front, but I mean, as far as underdogs go, I mean, do, do any of the top six actually count as underdogs in terms of like Slovakia, Czechia, Finland, Sweden, Canada, US? Like maybe Finland as an underdog to like crack in the top three. I think mm. like, like they're not probably expected to do so. And I think Brad Lambert, uh, Joachim Kamel, and Constantinus could probably drag this team to a pretty good finish, uh, even yeah. though they, they are lacking uh, some, some good players like Aaron Kiviharyu. But you're going to see some good goal scorers in that, in that lineup, right? Like you have um, you have Kamel, you have, um, uh, I mean, uh, Haltonen is likely going to be on that team. Yeah. And uh, who and then from this year's draft class, maybe Emil, Emil Hemming will crack the lineup. So we've got some good goal scorers, and you have... Hellenius and Lambert that are very, very strong playmakers. If yeah. everything kind of works out and comes together for that team, I could see them making a run for the podium, but they'd need to, they need to get a couple lucky breaks to get that far. Oh, for sure. Um, the other main thing is, you know, because their their team's gonna be such like a goal scoring heavy team, and especially such a like weak team on D, especially with yeah. Aaron Kivihari not here, I think that Tupias Talinanen is gonna have to stand on his head for this team to make like the top three. Um, I think that's kind of a contingent at this point, but it's not out of the question. Lainan is a really good goaltender. And yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see Finland in this top three conversation. But if you look at Canada and USA's rosters, I mean, unless there's a major breakdown at some point in this roster or the system, I mean, they're just they're just two major powerhouses. And I'd even say Team USA is probably going to come out on top with the with the depth of offensive skill, with the depth of defensive prospects that they have. And the two goaltenders they have in net. I mean, there's just there's no point of weakness on this USA team, and it's ridiculous. So yeah, that's going to be really exciting. Um, moving on to this next question here: How do the Slo Slovaks compare to previous iterations? Is this the best Slovakian team of all time? No, um, no, they don't have. They're not going to have Yuri Slavkovsky. He's not getting released. They're probably not going to have Simon Yemets because um, New Jersey just lost uh, Dougie Hamilton for the entire season, and they basically have to rely on Simon Yemets to play their second power play to play a lot of top four minutes for them. So either one of those guys aren't coming. Um, yeah. On top of that, the fact that, I mean, probably their best player right now is Philip Meshar. Yeah. On top of that, maybe Adam Shakora. And like we mentioned, uh, Adam Gayon, um, those kind of trio of players are basically the only guys I can see, like go in there and really kind of take this team by storm and make it theirs. But like, yeah, I don't, I don't, Last year's last year's Slovakia was ridiculously good. Like that was, I think that was the best Slovak team of all time because they had Nemes, they had Slavkovsky, and now they don't. Well, so, they yeah. they didn't have Slav, but they had they had Nemes. Um, that's right. But if if Nemes and Slavkovsky were to get released, and the chances of that are very oh low at goodness. this point, like very oh very slim. That would be terrible. Uh, but if it were to happen, then the answer yeah. would be yes. So. Mm -hmm. Uh, I hope that answers the question. Oh, absolutely. For sure. Um, and let's close things off here with a bit of San Jose Sharks prospect talk and a Team USA outsider. Um, uh, stay tuned, underscore hockey asks on Twitter, do you think Quentin Musty makes the USA team? If not, is it because he's not good enough or is it because he plays in the CHL? If he doesn't make the roster, it's because he's not good enough because this Team USA roster is absolutely ridiculous and not a I disagree one. wholeheartedly. <laughs> I think if he doesn't make the team, it's because he's in the CHL. I think Quentin Musty would be a top nine piece on that team, even with how good it is. I think Quentin Musty is spectacular, and uh, I'm a very, very big fan of his game. I think he projects as a high-end player, and I think he's already a high-end player. 
And uh, yeah, I disagree with you on that one. I man, I like I as much as I love Quentin Musty, he's not ready right now. Like I, I don't see him as a player who. This is the World like, Juniors we're talking about, Hattie. Yeah, Quentin but Musty I'm, has all the tools in the world. He could go God mode in the bottom six. Like ma- imagine Quentin Musty playing against the bottom six of any team not named Canada. Like it would be gross. He's toolsy. He's very toolsy. I just don't he's know. He's dominant. I, I'm, I I'm, know. I'm a very big fan. So. Uh, Stay tuned, underscore hockey. Uh, you have us divided on this one, uh, but I'm in your corner. I'm backing Musty all the way. Oh yeah, for sure. We, we all know the the CHL bias among Team USA, uh, t- Team USA front office. But yeah, I I like Quinn Musty. I think that he should be in this roster. If he is, it's going to be like in the in the in the third fourth line role. Yeah. I don't think that there's any chance that he outranks Ryan Leonard or um you know obviously will smith snuggerud goche james hagans is definitely in that conversation like there are just so many pieces um but if he if you make if like i wouldn't be surprised to see him as like a 13th forward like that would that wouldn't surprise me given what we usually see from usa like they usually keep one of these guys in their back pocket in case there's a big injury and they can just shove him in that talk and just but yeah, we'll, we'll see how that goes. But uh, yeah, that wraps things up for today's show. Thank you very much for tuning in. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to like and subscribe. Leave us a comment letting us know what you want us to talk about next. And if you're listening on your favorite podcasting platform, make sure to make us your first listen of the day. For your second listen of the day, make sure to check out Locked On Sports Today, the gallery news and updates about what's going on around sports. It's a 24-7 hour news channel, uh, which really keeps you updated on what's going on. And make sure to tune in for our future episodes as we continue our December coverage and especially our World Juniors coverage that's going to be ramping up as the tournament um, comes closer and closer. This has been Hattie Kalakesh with Sebastian High, and we hope you tune in next time.